welcome to a podcast from First Baptist Church of Alpharetta. Our hope is that this message leads you to know Jesus and discover hope as we pursue a Jesus-centered life together. Thanks for listening and let's jump in. Hey, good morning, everybody. And what I want to do just to start our time in the Word together is let's just praise God right now. Let's put our hands together. Let's lift Him high. He is worthy of our praise. He is King of kings and He is Lord of lords. And He is so good to us. He's been so good to us this morning already, meeting with us in worship and getting a chance to celebrate with Annie and her life change. And over these last 21 days, he's been so very good to us uh, as a church family. I want to say a special word of welcome if you're a guest with us today, and we're so glad that you're joining with us. I want to say welcome to everybody who's uh, coming to us online, also live from the chapel right now. Glad that you're with us as well. And if you are a guest, this is your first time, or you maybe just haven't been here in a few weeks, you may not realize that we are coming to the end of 21 days of prayer and fasting today. Today is day 21, everybody. It's day 21 right now. And some of you are like, yeah, I'm ready. I've been waiting for this moment right now. I'm ready to introduce processed sugar back into my life again, right? Some of you out there, you're like, I'm ready to have three meals a day. I'm ready for that. I'm ready to get back on social media. I don't really know what's going on in the world, right? Somebody literally caught me earlier in the comments. Did you see this? I said, no, I have not in fact seen this or anything else. I mean, uh, you'll find me this afternoon. I'll be at the nearest Starbucks there. I'll have my face underneath an espresso machine, guys. I'm just gonna pour that caffeine in me. It'll burn my tongue. I won't even care. I'm ready to caffeinate everybody. It's, it's been, been a while. But today I'll tell you how we're going to break the fast. We're going to break it together by taking the Lord's Supper. And I don't know where you come from, what tradition you come from, uh, if you've seen this done before or not seen it done before. But I want us to take some time to really unpack that this morning and what it means for all of us. And as we do that, there is a lesson within this passage of Scripture that I want to bring you today about what it means to be with the Lord. Over these four weeks of 21 days of prayer and fasting, we started four weeks ago, the day before we got going, I've been bringing you a message series called With. And really, here's the whole idea. is that God is not just interested in a one-way communication. He's not just interested in you praying at Him or, or to Him. He wants you to pray with Him. What we've seen over the course of this, this time together is that right now, there is a conversation going on in heaven. And it's between God the Father and God the Son. And Jesus is literally praying on our behalf, interceding on our behalf, praying our name in the ears of God the Father. What's more, the scripture also teaches us this, that the Holy Spirit is praying for us as well. When we don't know what to pray, but we know we need to pray, the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit begins to pray. Isn't that powerful? So you've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the, the whole Trinity literally praying for you. And what, what God says to you and to me is he said, join the conversation. Pray with us. I want you to be a part of this as well. And really, as we get into the Lord's Supper Day, you're going to see that it is another powerful moment that God wants us to be with Him. He's casting a vision of what it means to be with Him forevermore. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Matthew 26. Matthew 26, verse 26 is where we're going to be at. And as you're making your way there, I want to, I want to show you a painting. It'll be familiar to many of you today. I have it up here on the screen. This painting is entitled The Last Supper. You've probably seen it before in textbooks online. You've probably seen it around. It was painted by Leonardo da Vinci, the great Renaissance artist. And there's, when you see it, some questions that may raise to your mind around just the different aspects of it. Like one I've always had is like, why did nobody sit on the other side of that table? Like everybody's just crowded on one side of the table. What, what is going on right now here? 
But there's a reason for that. I want to show you a, a second picture here. The painting is not just a little wall hanging. It's an enormous mural. You can see it today in Milan, Italy. It's painted life-size. And the reason why it's painted life-size is the idea of it's inviting you to pull up a seat at the table. It's inviting you to sit there with the disciples and Jesus and to imagine what it would have been like. It's why there's nobody on the other side of the table. It's space for you and for me to kind of envision what would it have been like to be there that night. That's what I want us to do this morning. I want us just to imagine just for a moment, what would it have been like to be there that night with Jesus? It's Thursday night. It's been an exciting week. Jesus has just come through the triumphant entry that past Sunday, Palm Sunday, and man, people are celebrating him. It's been amazing. A lot of people are saying he's the Messiah. A lot of people are saying he might just be the Son of God. And he sits down there to have Passover supper with his disciples. And just imagine what it was like there in the upper room. Imagine the smell of the fresh unleavened bread and the herbs and the cup. Imagine the sound of the conversation swirling around you got Peter and you got John and you would hear laughter and you'd have stern conversation in hushed tones and there would have been worship. They would have been singing together. And as all this is happening, you're taking in the sights and you're taking in the sounds and you look across and there's Jesus. Not only are you seeing him, you'll know this from the Gospel of John. There came a point during this supper that Jesus literally got up from the table and he began to go around the table and wash his disciples' feet. Can you imagine what it would be not just to see and hear Jesus, but to feel the touch of his own hands on your feet as he serves you, as he loves you in that way? Now, these are the aspects that we think about when we think about this table. But then there comes a moment, a moment that would have been like jarring to the disciples that were there. It would have taken them out of their comfort zone. It would have shocked them a little bit. And so when Jesus said these words, Matthew records it in this way, says this, that now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after he broke it, he gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said to them, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the many, for the forgiveness of sins. Now you have to understand these are perhaps familiar words to you, but for the disciples, this would have been horrifying, quite honestly. As Jesus, the one they've been following for three years, Jesus, the one who's been teaching them, Jesus, the one who is healed, who's raised the dead, who's done all of these miracles that he's saying to you in just a little time, my body, it's, it's literally going to be ripped. It's going to be torn. In just a little bit of time, in fact, less than 24 hours, my, my, my blood's going to be poured out like, like the wine in the cup. And they're just trying to wrap their mind around this. Wait, Jesus, what? You're supposed to be the Son of God, able to do anything. The Messiah who can save anyone, surely you can save yourself. That wasn't the plan. And Jesus is revealing to them that in just a little bit of time, he's going to go up to the Garden of Gethsemane. He's going to pray. 
Then there's going to be Judas and a band that were going to come. He'll be betrayed. He'll be arrested. He'll be taken in court before the Jewish religious leaders in a mock trial. Then he'll be thrown over into Pilate's court, and Pilate will eventually have him lashed and whipped, and he will go bleeding, and he will go torn to a cross. And there, he will give his life. But why? Is he some religious martyr? Is just like some other figures in history that we've heard of before? No, there is an intention to this. And Jesus says it right here when he talks about his blood being poured out. He said, my blood has to be poured out because I'm trying to establish a new covenant, a new promise, if you will. I'm trying to create the forgiveness of sins. So you and I have a problem. We have sin in our life, ways in which we've disobeyed God. And the Bible is so very clear from cover to cover that the wages of the penalty for sin is death. And when Jesus went to the cross, God's one and only son, he's paying your death in your place. He's allowing his body to be torn. He's allowing his blood to be poured out for you and for me for our forgiveness to create an opportunity for us to have a relationship with God to be made right with him. This is what God has done for you and for me. And again, these are familiar words, especially if you've been around church for any length of time and seen this. This is the bread, my body. This is the cup my blood. But sometimes because we see those words, we, we miss what Jesus says next. It's a beautiful promise. Look at this with me in verse 29. It says this, and I tell you, Jesus says, I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. You see it? There's the promise with you. Do you see the anticipation of Jesus saying, yeah, I know what's about to come. I know what's about to happen, but I'm doing this for one reason, so that I can be with you, with you forevermore. In fact, he's saying, I'm so excited about this time together. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to enjoy the fruit of the vine until that day when we can enjoy it together. And it's a beautiful picture that Jesus is doing all of this so that we could be with him, not just now, but forever." more, that his heart's desire is to be with us. And as beautiful as it is to imagine what was back then at the Last Supper, what those moments would have been like, there is another day coming, a day when we will be with him. And the Bible describes it for us this way in Revelation chapter 9, verse 6 through 9. Listen to these words. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, hallelujah, the Lord, our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And you say, well, see what's happening here? What was going on? Well, the end has come. Time has come to a close. Evil has been defeated. Satan has been cast out. And now Jesus has come to redeem his creation. And it says there's going to be a moment where the bride comes. Who's the bride? That's, that's you and me. It's the church. Those who have trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior. 
And on that day, there will be a great celebration, a party unlike any you could ever imagine, an eternal party in heaven where there will be a celebration of Jesus coming together forever with his church and the new heavens and the new earth. And listen to how it's described for us here at the very end of this passage. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. He said, one day, we won't have to imagine what it was like back then because one day you're coming to the table. There will be a marriage supper. And all of the sights and the sounds of all the saints who have gone before us will be there. And Jesus will be there. And we will pull up our own seat to that table. And Jesus, for the very first time, will lift up a cup of the fruit of the vine. And he'll say, I've been waiting to do this with you. That's what we have to look forward to. You know, the beautiful thing about the Christian faith is that one day it won't require that much faith. Like one day you're going to be there with God. You will see him face to face. You will be with his presence forevermore. And you'll have the opportunity to be at his table, to be with him. That's the promise that we hold to as we come to the Lord's Supper. We're remembering what Jesus has done. We're looking forward to that day ahead when we'll be with him. It's a powerful picture for us when we take the Lord's Supper. And we remember these things and look forward to what's to come. I just want to say this to you today that there's an interesting part of this passage where it says, blessed are those who are invited. Now, if you're here today and you've already trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, not only have you been invited, but you've already sent in the RSVP. You've already made your reservation. You're going to be there at the table. Your seat's already saved. You're there. It's going to happen. But if you're here today and you've never received that invitation, you've never trusted Jesus, today you can. Right here, right now. You can trust him. Steve, what does that even look like? What does that even mean? Well, if you come to God and you say, God, I, I believe that Jesus has done this for me. He allowed his body to be torn and his blood to be poured out for the forgiveness of my sins. And I believe he rose from the grave. And so I'm putting all of my faith, my trust, my life surrendered into his hands. If you make that decision today, right here and right now, then you can know God. You can receive the invitation. You can Say, yes, God, I want to be there. I want to know you now and forevermore. I want to be there at your table. So today, if you're ready to make that decision, I want to invite you to do that right now. I'm going to turn things over to Pastor Craig in the chapel, but right here in the auditorium, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? There online, if you're watching with us, I just invite you to pray right now as well. Today, if you know that you need to know Jesus, I'm going to lead you in a time of prayer. And there's nothing about this prayer time that's magical or mythical. This is really just you talking to God. He's listening. He's turned his ear toward you, toward this room to hear from you right now or wherever you are. And what we're gonna do in this prayer is we're gonna just confess that we believe in him and we're gonna put our life in his hands. And if you're ready to take that step and begin a relationship with Jesus Christ today that lasts forever, then why don't you take these words right now and pray them silently in your heart as I pray them aloud. Pray this or something like it. God, 
Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you so much for seeing me in this moment. And right now, I want to confess, yes, I know that I have sinned and disobeyed you. And yet I believe with all of my heart that Jesus, you died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin. That Jesus, you rose from the grave. You're alive. And so right now I ask for your forgiveness. Right now I surrender my life to you. I want to know you. I want this relationship with you. Thank you so much again for hearing me today. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look right up here at me. Hey, if you've just trusted Jesus, whether you're online or whether you're here in the room, we celebrate with you. We're so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we want to encourage you and help you take some next steps. Online, go to fbca.com slash hope. Let us know about the decision that you've made there. If you're here in the room, you've got a card in your worship guide, you can fill that out. Turn it in any one of the boxes on, the, on your way out. Or you can come and, and talk with us here at the Next Steps area. Let us know. Because again, we just want to pray for you, encourage you, cheer you on as you get started in this new relationship with God. But for all of us today, let's remember what Jesus has done. Let's remember where we're heading to with him forevermore at his table. Let's do that through the Lord's Supper. I want to invite our men to take their place here. And as they do that, I just want to remind you a few things about this moment. The Bible tells us, as we take the Lord's Supper, that this is a time for those who are believers, who've trusted Jesus, that it means something to them when they say, yeah, Jesus allowed his body to be torn, his blood to be poured for me. So we'll just ask you this. If you're here today and you're exploring and you're still trying to figure out spirituality or anything like that, you've not yet trusted Jesus, we're glad you're here. In fact, you are always welcome here. But I just invite you just to observe this without participating. Because this is a time for believers to remember what Jesus has done for them. Secondly, I'd also just say this. As we distribute these elements in just a moment, you'll notice we have a time where there'll be some music kind of quietly playing. That's a time for prayer. The Bible tells us when we take the Lord's Supper, we should do it in a worthy manner. It's a time for us to reflect, confess. God, search my heart, search my mind, speak to me. I want to be right with you as I get ready to participate in this. So take this time as the elements are being distributed to pray to ask the Lord to search you. And in just a moment, you're going to get these elements. You just hold them in your hand. I'll give you instructions on what to do with them when the time comes. I'm going to pray for us. When I say men, our deacons will serve. Lord God, thank you. Thank you so much for what you have done for us. Thank you so much for your body torn, your blood poured out so long ago so that we might know you today. It's so that we might know you tomorrow. It's so that we might know you forever and have a seat at your table. Thank you, God, that you have desired to be with us. And you demonstrate that through no greater act than the cross. As we remember now, Lord, may this be an act of worship before you. We love you, God, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. You can find your next steps and learn more online at fbca.com.